Kia welcome back to episode 6 of the Back to Kura podcast with Ashley and Shiloh. Kia ora. Today we've got a very, very special guest jumping on the podcast, Fire Bab. Kia ora, Fire Bab, tēnā koe. Kia ora. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty uh, important and special episode for us because if you have been listening to the podcast recently, we always mention Fire Bab. You're on all of our social media, so it's very special to have you joining us on the podcast today. I feel really privileged to serve you after Korero with Fire Babs because she has had such an influence on all of us in our class. And on the first day of Kura at Porfiri, I saw Fire Barb. I don't know if I've told you this, but I saw you and I just felt like, oh my gosh, goodness, who is that? Who is this lady? Like, who is this wahine? And being in the same class as you and getting to know you and to know your story, it, it's just so, I just feel so privileged. To, to know you and just something that Lillian said too is that you are a symbol of everything that has been lost and gained and yeah we're just really excited to share with everyone you know your story and, and your journey of reclaiming. How are you feeling? Um, a bit nervous but okay because um, if whatever I say can help others then that's good. So tell us a little bit more about your journey. Like, what what made you um, decide to come to Takiura? What's the the history behind your your life? Um, back in the beginning, back when I can remember, my parents never actually spoke Maori in the home, except if it was about one of us, because we knew our name in Maori. That oops, something's going on with us, or if it's something they wanted, didn't want us to hear, or or know what was going on. So. Their whakaro, their, their reasoning was they both got um, um, hit when they were at school to not speak to reo Māori. They both wanted us to be successful. Um, they drived for us to um, have a good education, but they th- they thought in their mind that we, 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 we couldn't speak to reo Māori because that was going to hold us back. And they didn't want to see anything happen to them, what happened to them, uh, uh, happened to us, sorry, what happened to them. So it was never spoken directly in our home. Um, but I had shared the other day that I, I believe that the first words I must have heard when I came into this world would have been te reo Māori because that was my mum's first language. And I, I know that she would have, as a way of loving on me, that it would have been all in te reo Māori. So I, I know that that's there, and I know for the years and years that I've spent on the marae that it was all Māori. So wherever I went, whether it was in the kitchen, or out the front, everywhere, it was te Māori. So inside of me, I know that it's there, but it's never been used or, 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 or spoken or thought about. I haven't actually thought about it, really, but now my mokopuna, um, uh, all going to kura kaupapa, and my son and daughter, Kōrero Māori, so it's a hunger that's been there that now is, is it's kind of ripe, it's ready, it's ready. And um, two years ago, I spoke to um, my son's mother-in-law and she recommended coming here because I had tried everything else. And she said, you it's total immersion that, that's going to force you to use it, so... Two years later, I made the decision to come to Takiura to to learn Te Reo Māori. Mm. 
And I think why that is so inspiring is because you are 69 years old. And when I look at you, I see my father, but I also see my nana. And I imagine what it's like for you being older. And is this your first time studying or is this? I started, when I moved to Auckland, I started, I came to do my nursing and I was not even six months into it and I got my my daughter, who became really unwell, so I flagged, I made the decision to flag the nursing and just take care of her. So that was the only only bit of... Um, so so you haven't done much, Sadie? No, so, no. So you being 69, you being a Kuya and you you coming and doing this intense intense course and I'm, I'm guessing all the... The trauma and things that you have to unpack I mean that's uh, it's huge it's 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 frightening because after I came from my first interview and I went home and I said to my son nah I'm not going to do it because I know me if I can't cope I'll just get up and walk out and I'm not sure whether it was a decision that both him and his wife made but they decided that they'll pay for the, the course for me which kind of put it into a different now, I can't back out because they paid the money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that was a ploy of theirs. No refund. Yeah, no. Yeah. So I, I feel like I need to hear, be here, but I think they knew that I needed to be here and I had to recognise it myself. It's, it's a struggle. It really is a struggle. I'm um, first two weeks, you know, I don't know how many times I cried because I just felt I couldn't cope. Um, it just feels like there's a whole lot of words that have been spoken that I don't know what what's happening. I don't know what it's all about. So it's been really hard, yeah. And what's been the things that have kept you going, your support, your total call? Um, amazingly, I have got um, a, a, a few, a lot of friends, and they all have the faith that I can do it, and I, I'm. I'm surprised that they all th- you can do it, you can do it. I guess they see what I what I just think is normal for my life. They see that I've battled through life as a single mum bringing up three children. Um, that I've I've made it, that I've come come this far, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it through Tereo, my Tereo class. So um, having that. When I, when I feel like I can't do it anymore, I ring my son and call it to my mokos and then I, I'll say th- something in, in te reo Māori and deliberately and they'll correct me. So it's it's been able to do that with them. I haven't been able to do that with them at all. So it's all that they inspire me. But then also the kura, um, all of you, the classmates inspire me. You talked about the first two weeks when you were crying a lot, so I was as well. <laughs> we were probably both crying at the same time in the Farifaku. Um, but like, what? Why do you think? What What were some of your biggest struggles, or what were the tanifa that you were confronted with? Um, I felt because I've been, I guess, being a single mum, I've been quite a strong woman, um, uh, and always been in control, always been able to control. But there's, there's nothing I can do about it. There's absolutely nothing I can do about not understanding. And it's, I can't even put it together. It's like I'm, well, it is, I'm learning a, a foreign language, really. Um, and that's how I feel. It feels frustrating because I, I believe that I should know it and I believe that I will know it. But I guess for me, it's everything should have been done yesterday. 
And that's a frustrating thing is I haven't grasped it. And now the fear is that I'm three weeks behind. That's how I feel. I don't know if that is actually where I'm at, but that's how I feel, like I'm behind all the time trying to make up. And you said that it's a foreign language, but it's your language. Yes, it's your birthright. Right. So is that some of the frustration as well? Because the, sh- the language should never have been taken away from you. If it was your mother's first words to you, it should never have been taken. Is that hard yeah. for you to understand? It, it is. It is. And everywhere I've been to, it, it's been, I don't know what the word is. It's just if, 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 you know, if we would, I was in the Air Force. So if we spoke of a few Māori words that everybody knows, you'd get a side glance, you know, that it's, mm, what are they doing saying that? You know, that's that's not to be used here. Um, not in a, 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 a derogatory way, but it just felt like it was strange to them, so they didn't want it to be around because they didn't know. And if they didn't know, then it can't be good. Um, so all my life it's been like that, wherever I've gone, even at, at workplaces, it's been... Um, something that you just didn't do mm. because it was easier to to make it all nor everything smooth life would be smooth if I didn't speak it mm. and then it's kind of like all of a sudden now we've got this renaissance of people speaking Māori and now it's okay so that must be hard for you to unpack that as well mm. to switch your mind from not speaking it to suddenly oh yes it's okay to speak it now well, that's it, and now I feel like I better hurry up because I'm behind everything. I'm behind the eight ball. That everybody, it's the when I hear it on the on the on the TV. When I started to hear all the announcers just adding, adding those little kupu, I just thought, man, this is. I want to be in. I want to be in this. I want to be a part of this wave, riding this wave, and because I'm 69, I'm realistic that the lifespan that I have is 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 small. But I want to be able to choose that. I I call it like the bucket list. The bucket list was to get my moko kawai um, in Kuriro Māori before my 70th. Tell us more about your moko kawai. It's beautiful. Okay. Um, 22 years plus, I've been. it's been in the back of my mind. And as a Christian, when I first became a Christian, um, it, it kind of was Māori again in Christianum was frowned upon. Um, um, I know that some ministers, pastors would say right at the beginning that the things in our in our marae were all um, demonic, were, were you know. But for me, ah, oh, that's my that's my tupuna. It's not demonic. So there was this battle going on. Um, but over the years, I've been a Christian for. 20, nearly 30 years, I, I know that that's not right. And I know that I know, and so nobody can tell me any different because God made us Māori and he gave us all the things Māori. And nobody else has got we have. It, we've got the special thing. So um, I'm proud to be Māori. And what's really inspired me, I went to, just recently I went to uh, my brother-in-law's sister's funeral in Rotorua and uh, his cousin got up a woman, and she did the service. And in me, I looked and I thought, I can do that. I can do that. And I'm excited that next year that I can go into my marae and I can call it all my beliefs, but in a loving way that it's not going to pull people down and just show them that 
Because a lot of my family call the God that I know a white God, but um, they don't see him as I see him. And I want them to see. And if I have to do it in Te Reo Māori, then that's what I'm going to do. So that's another thing that's driving me. So the goal was at the end of, beginning of this year was to kōrero Māori, then December, get my moko kauai, have my birthday, stand up, kōrero Māori and show my moko kauai. Um, a friend of mine, well, he's like a son to me, he's a, he's a principal at a kurei art West Auckland, he, he had a hui and he called me into this hui and he says, Fire, if there was a tick list, you would tick 99% of those boxes to why you could get a, a mokokauai. There's only one box you wouldn't be able to tick would be te reo Māori. So you're punishing yourself for 1% that you are not going able to get the, the mokokauai. The light went on. I just sat down everything. I wanted to cry. For 22 years, I put up with this lie in my head that I had to be able to kōrero Māori before I could get my kōkawai. So I made a decision, it was the beginning, no, the end of September, I'm going to get the kōkawai. So I rang my cousin, my cousin Nikki Tupara, and I said, Nick, I want to have my kōkawai. And on the 14th of November last year, and my life has just changed. Mm. It's it's unbelievable how much it's changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I remember a, a story that you told in Alcuda, and you talked about your mokokowai, and we were talking about just the fakaro around that, and you had a beautiful one, how you thought you were born with your mokokowai. Well, all my life, I've, I've always thought I was ugly, and that's, I don't, people can say whatever they feel, that's how I felt. I have always felt ugly. So I was a bit out there with my clothes I wore, dyed my hair, curled my hair, straightened my hair. I did everything that I thought that would detract from my face. Now, I've only acknowledged that since I've had my moko. It's kind of shown itself that's why I did that. So after having my moko done, I looked, first time ever, I looked in the mirror and I actually say to myself daily, you're beautiful. At 67, I finally say I'm beautiful. But when people ask me, what's the difference? I feel like I'm complete. All my life, that's what it's been, I've felt uncom incomplete. And, and when people say to me, it's beautiful, I feel that it has been there always. It's been there under the skin, waiting, waiting, waiting to come out. And my cousin Nikki put the ink on my face to show the world what, it, what I really look like. That's my whakaro for my... For those that want to get a moko kawai, that's how it feels for me. Every day I feel beautiful. Every day I feel proud. I stand tall because I know who I am. And no one else can say anything about me. I know I'm Māori. I'm a Māori wahine and I'm so proud to be. Mm. We love you, Firebabs. Yeah, <laughs> we do. 
It's just beautiful. You have such beautiful fakaro that so many of us could learn from. I guess um, what I'm really interested in is like, we've talked about the struggles of learning Māori and I'm interested in, I guess, some of the milestones or some of the, the beautiful things that you've noticed in the last five weeks of learning te reo Māori has anything or what has changed in your life? Um, probably the biggest thing is that, like I said before, I felt like I was complete and now it's like there's actually not quite. Physically I'm complete, but there's something inside of me that's just not quite complete and this tereo is going to, learning tereo is going to be able to make me totally whole and despite the battle despite the 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 in that I have inside of myself because I think I'm a lot harder on myself than I should be because I want to remember everything today tomorrow and it's just not happening but I believe that it will come that some days I'm I'm just listening and everything I'm shaking my head because I understand everything Talama is saying. But then the next day, I don't know what we're doing. I can't understand. But I think it's just all all coming. It feels like it's all coming all at once, but it's just been sorted. It's like it's like if I can use the example, it's like I'm a post office, which probably I don't know whether young people will know. When the letters come in, the somebody stands and sorts them in alphabetical order and in their addresses. And that's what it's like. I've got all the stuff that's coming in, and so my brain is trying to put them in the correct correct slots. And then once they're all in there, I'll be able to say, okay, I know I know that this and this goes together, and these two don't go together. And so for me, it's, it's exciting. I, I look forward to coming to Kura. I actually thought I would prefer to do Zoom because nobody could see me. And if I needed to quickly go out and prepare myself and come back, I could do that. But I think um, there's an inner strength that's coming to be a part of the group because it's about drawing off each other. Mm. It's about listening to each other, listen, listening to how other people see it. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see it as that, but then... And it's that thing about Māori them being together, uh, wānanga, it's just keep going round and round and then eventually it will come. Mm. Now you obviously know how important and how much you mean to us, myself, Shiloh and our akomanga. How does that make you feel? Like last week we did a, a shared lunch for you because our akomanga, our classroom, wanted to show how much we care about you and we care about your journey and we want to finish this journey with you, you know, because you're part of us. I I couldn't believe it when I came in on Friday, just thinking it's another day. And I, I looked down, I thought all these all this extra food and I'm I said to one of the other Sandra, I said, What's what's happening? Have I have I missed the Panui? <laughs> and she's going because she's lying to me. I, I, didn't, I didn't know, but now I know she's lying to me. She goes, uh, something's happening downstairs. I go, oh, okay, carry on. And then what really, when 
what, how many pizzas arrived. There's a knock at the door and this pile of pizzas come in and I'm going, is it Tyler's birthday? Is Tyler? <laughs> She's going, um... No, I think they're having something downstairs. They're just leaving all their stuff in the class. I had absolutely no idea. I started to feel a little bit excluded, and I was thinking, I really didn't. I mustn't have gone on to our messenger, and I mustn't have read it. You know, there's something I've missed. And I kept saying to them, and I said to Suzanne, and she told me she she lied to me, and her face went red. She said, did you not see my face go red? I go, no, because I was just concerned about all these answers I'll get. Everything was happening downstairs, but everything physically was happening upstairs. Anyway, at lunchtime, everybody was down the other end of the class, made this beautiful spread. I felt all sad and I got my lunchbox out of the front of the class, opened it out, and fire Sandra says, come on, come down there. And I go, no, no, it's okay, I've got my own food. And I'm looking and looking, I'm thinking, oh, man, they're really mean. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. And I just thought, oh, I'm all right. I, I'm all right. It must be something special over there. And I just didn't know about it until KP came and, oh, no, um, Maria Dell came and she says, Fire, this is this is your totoko. And I go, what? And I just ignored what she said. I didn't really... I couldn't, I just thought she'd just been silly. And then when KP came and stood and said that, I I can't believe that. I don't know why. I don't know why he's, I, I guess that's how I've always felt about myself. I can't understand why you would want to do that for me. And I think... I've actually realised how much you do or love me and really care for me. Um, people have said that individually to me and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't had that happen to me before. So just to have that, to have you do that meal for me as a total, it just blew me away. It just blew me away and that's another reason why I know I have to do what I have to do, that I have to complete because we're in it together, mm. you know. I think fire baths because you talked about being, you know, a, a pillar of strength, and you are a pillar of strength for all of us. You know, like um, what I said before, and this is the words of Lillian, is that you're a symbol of everything that has been lost and gained, and you represent so much to us. And so we just love you so much, and you give us strength to carry on. And do you remember that conversation we had a couple of weeks ago when, um, when you said that you thought it was just you struggling and I thought it was just me struggling. Because yes. you looked around and everyone was smiling and I looked around and everyone was smiling. And then it wasn't until we, we kind of shared our struggles that we really we really connected. And I think yes. that that's what's needed in Europa is just to be talking about this. And, yeah, we just you just represent a lot to us. You're just a strength to us. I reckon it's whānau. Yeah. That's the word, yeah. right? We're a whānau and we're all got a similar goal. You know, we might have different reasons as to why we want to attain the language to do a Māori, but we're all there together. And I think you represent sort of, for me anyways, my, I told you before, my nana, she's about the same age as you and she's probably had a very similar life. And for me, you're a representation of that. So how could you not feel connected? You know what I mean? Mm. 
you're important to, to me, to Shadow and to the rest of us because I think you represent our family, mm. you know, the older generations of 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 our own individual whanos, for me anyways. Yeah, for me as well, I definitely think of my nana when I look at you. My nana passed away before I was born. So I immediately, I, like I said, when I saw you on the first day, I, I thought of my nana and, I, and that's why I felt connected to you and I think that's why we all feel connected to you. And not just that as well. What about um, the beautiful koha that the community gave to you on the Facebook page? Do you want to talk about that when you posted about something and then you, you got all this? Oh, yes, I was. I um, posted on our um, uh, Mount Albert community page that that I was 69. I didn't say 69. I said I'm coming up to 70 and I'm doing this total immersion class and I needed uh, uh, dictaphone, dictaphone to help me keep up with all the young ones. And <laughs> I, I just... Just put it out there, and I couldn't believe the amount of support of everybody, everybody in the community. Um, they didn't have it, but they were encouraging me, and they were saying you're an inspiration. They didn't, they don't know who I am. They just see my picture in the corner, and then I had um, someone ring up and say yes, they had one that they'll look for one, and um, someone took a photo and sent it of it and sent it to someone. Yeah, and then you got like um, someone dropped off puka puka. Yes, I've got right? some. I um, I, well, I've this girl that this lady did this course two thousand and seventeen, the same course. So she's arrived with her rods, her stickers, her all her puka puka that she's brought to me, and then another lady arrived with, um, well, it, the one with the um. Dictaphone, she, because the dictaphone I know is this one with cassettes. So she said to me, I'll leave it in my letterbox on my way to school. I'd get there and I'm looking and I'm thinking, why would somebody leave their remote for me? But of course, that's what the new dictaphone looks like. <laughs> 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 what? So there's nothing else in the letterbox. So I put it in and then I, oh, it's a dictaphone. So there's that and I've, I've actually had... Uh, Relish dropped off for me, and then I had a, a food parcel dropped off for oh me. Oh my gosh! So I, I just can't believe that um, the amount of people that I feel like they're on the journey with me. Some, I think, I think they must feel like they're on the journey with me. Like yeah. you were saying, there's a lot of other people that I'm inspiring, both Maori and Pakia. And I also think a lot of older people. Well, my dad, he's 16. He always says, "Oh, it's too late for me now," but you represent that it's never too late to reclaim te reo Māori. Mm. So what advice would you give to people that might think they're too, they're too old to come back to kura? Well, like you said, it's never too late. It really isn't too late. Um, it's, it may seem too late because our way of thinking may be a, a, a older style's thinking, but if you can, that's the struggle with me, that I'm really trying hard not to think in the old ways and to try and think, not think in Pākehā, but try and just focus on um, thinking in te reo Māori. And I know you asked, three that you had said to me that you do that, and I've sort of remembered that. And then at our tutorials, last night we got told to go home and do a, 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 sh- a short story on something that's happening for our night. 
don't write anything in Pākehā, just write it how we think it would be, and she would correct it, but at least we're thinking in Māori, writing in Māori, which was, before I knew it, was quarter to eight. I just sat there. I was so excited about doing it, and so many papers because, oh, that doesn't sound right. I didn't actually get it right, but I attempted it. Mm. I attempted it. I, I did it. So what I'm saying to people, unless you try, you'll never know. You'll never know. Um, and my son's advice to me was, Mum, if you come home knowing a new kupu, that's one more that you knew today that you didn't know yesterday. Mm. So if, if, if at the end of the year I, I learn 36 plus 5 new kupu times 5, well, that's, that's all those words that I didn't know. Mm. I mean, when they said to us that we are supposed to learn, is it 40? 40. 40 a week. 40 50. a week. 50, 50 a week. 50. Ooh. You have to be joking. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there are. It might not be 50, but I might be up to, to 10. That's 10 more than I knew yesterday. Aye. So, well, don't give up. Remember when we watched The Cousins? Yes. And I turned to you and I said, Five Babs, did you marama? And you were like, Aye, marama. I mean that that and that was like a couple of weeks ago, right? That's right. When the queer when the queer was talking, yes. You know how did that feel? That felt amazing. Felt amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to, especially at home, to go on the marae and be able to understand, mm. to sit there and be able to. And when they all laugh, laugh with them. Aye. Mm, yeah. Instead of going. Oh, what was that? What did they say? You did the fake laugh. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Everyone starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but the waiata spark up, I don't know if this is you as well, but, you know, when waiata spark up and you don't know them, you know, that's another thing that I found really fun about kura is that we're learning waiata so that when we go back to the marae or wherever there might be where someone sparks up a waiata, you might know it. That's right. And that's special. Mm. Something that is it's another... Um, version of not knowing kupu, not knowing waiata, but every week we're learning a couple more. That's right, yeah. Firebars, what's your favourite thing about kura? I think it's the whanaungatanga. I think mm. it's just being together. Like you say, whanau, being in the class together. Yeah, me too. And what's like, a, we're talking about you guys um, watching cousins and knowing some of the te reo Māori, what's other moments in the past sort of five weeks that you've found, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Uh, I think it was when I was kōrero with my muko. Oh. Yeah. Tell us about that. And I, and I said to her, I asked her, well, actually two things. I asked her, how do I say this, Grace? And I can't remember what the words, words was. And she just said it back to me without thinking about it. You know, she didn't even think that I didn't know, know how to speak Māori. She just said it back to me because I had said it in Māori and asked her how. So she just repeated back to me in Te Māori. And then I was doing my homework on the weekend and I've got a, uh, my older moko, she's 16, Atta. She, um, I, I rang her sister and I says, tell Atta, I'm going to ring her, I need her to help me with my homework. Atta never rang, or to ring me back, she never rang me back. And on the Sunday I said, Atta, she goes, oh, I've forgotten it. I said, well, here. And she was going, no, no, Nan. And it was great because she was, we were able to, I was able to speak to her at her level. Whereas if she comes home to me, she never calls Māori because she knows I can't. 
but then finally we could have this little kōrero in Te Reo Māori. Yeah, so that was, that was, everything's about the mokos. When you're a nanny, everything's about the mokos. That's beautiful. We talked about that in the last podcast, about how the language or Te Reo Māori is connecting us together with our whānau and making us, I mean, even more stronger in our relationships and things. And that's such a beautiful example of you being able to just kōrero with your mokos, right? Yeah. Like it's something that you haven't done before and now, yeah. and now you can. Never ever done. I mean, that's amazing. And what's like the one thing I know you want to call it all Māori and your marae and you want to understand the people, but at the end of the year, what what does that look like for you? You know, what does the end of the year look like? A year done at Takura. Um, a fullness of being Māori, total fullness of being Māori. Uh, I'm 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 a bit fairer than than some of my siblings. And so I've never really had the problem. Like some of them have had problems back in the day where they walk in the shop and the shop assistants will walk past and go and call it to somebody that's just walked in, that's why. That's never happened to me. But if it did happen to me, I didn't have a, ter- uh, 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 been backward and coming forward. I'd just go straight out, excuse me, I have been standing here. Why aren't you serve- serving me? But that very really happened to me. So... To be able to feel totally, totally Māori. Because right now, I'm, it's just that, like I said, this physically now, I, um, and I've always been Māori in me, tūturu Māori, but now I'm able to, it'll come out through through my voice, te reo Māori. Mm. I want to um, share a, a pūraka story from one of my friends who I had a kōrero with last year and he said that um you are maori enough because of your fucker papa and i don't know if you've heard this before but it really hit me because i'd never heard it before learning the language um, doing kapahaka um you know all of these other things that are maori they don't make you maori enough they don't make you a complete maori the fact that you can trace back to your tupuna and back to your marae that makes you Māori enough. The rest just adds to your foundation of being Māori enough. For me, for me, being Māori is it starts when you when you can just walk. When you when you're standing with ten salts, putting them in the middle of the table, setting a whole marae for five hundred people, um, carrying the 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 paru dishes back to the kitchen. It's it's the front can't happen without the back. But then the back can't happen without the front. And so for me, they caught it all about my whakapapa because I've had, since I've had my moko koa, I've had loads of European Pākehā people stopping me, especially women, stopping me and saying that they're really excited to see me with my moko, that they believe that every Māori should have one, because Māori woman, because they're right. Which shocked me, you know, that a Pākehā would say that. And... In my thinking of old, my thinking was you had to have all these boxes ticked first. But since I've had my muku kawai and because how much it's changed me, that has nothing to do with it. It's it's who you are within. Mm. It's who you are within. Yeah, definitely. And I think I can also resonate with you with the 
feeling like something is missing or, or looking for the fullness because I think my whole life I've felt something missing and and like a gap. And I know that it's the language. And I think for a lot of Māori, I think it's the case that when your language is stripped away from you, a lot of identity is taken away. And I think for many Māori, we go looking and searching for that. And so I feel like definitely for all of us, we're going to find that we're going to feel a lot more whole by the end of the year mm. because we'll be able to kōrero in our, in our language, in our mother tongue, what should what should be our mother tongue. But what Papa Tafiti said, and it just came to me when he said, if only you get the language, then you wasted your time because what he wants us is to get that Māori heart. Mm. And I mm. think that's the, the best thing about mm. kura is that we are shifting from the Pākehā way that we've grown up in to the Māori way. Is there anything else you want yeah, to talk it all about? No. Oh, well, yes, I just want to, like you say, encourage those that are that are thinking about it, that are thinking, young and old, that are thinking about it. Uh, shall I or shan't I? And one of the things that I have to say that I, I could have done it two years ago was the cost for me. Mm. It was the cost and... Um, if possible, don't let there be a barrier because that's just another Pākehā thing that's keeping us away from our, from the fullness of being Māori. And I, I so agree now that um, that the importance of speaking te reo Māori. I, I just, I know. I know when I look at my son and he, when he stands up in kōrero Māori, when I looked at my brother when he first learned, it, learned to speak te reo Māori and wherever we went to, we had somebody that could, it all for us as a as a whanau, I just felt so proud that at least one of us was doing it. So I just think again, it's our right, and it's something that for years has been taken taken away from us. That the importance of putting our kids into kohanga and kura kopapa, because I was a believer that nah, we walk in in a, a Pākehā world, we have to to learn Pākehā first. But my thoughts have changed on that. Yeah. Hmm. And for you, Fire Barbs, you're talking about the costs. What are some of the sacrifices that you've had to make to come to Kura? Um Well, I now live alone. I had my whang, my daughter and my mokupuna living with me, and I had my son not far from me, but they've all moved back to Gisborne, uh, to Tairawhiti, um, not having them here. Um, uh, but for me, the finances... Biggest barrier of the finances? Was the, big, was the biggest barrier, but because of what my son and his wife have done, has taken that burden from me. They've paid it all for me. And then I actually said to him, oh, we've got to pay for car parks now. And he goes, mum, that's not to be a barrier for you. Don't mm. Just anything that needs to be paid, just let me know. You just continue with what you're doing. Just concentrate. Don't let that be a barrier. So, yeah, that's having... Support, I think, has, has been helping me through it. Yeah. Mm. And I remember you shared with me a whakaaro where you said that your whole life, for 69 years, you've always served others. You've always done things for other people. And now this is the first time that you've done something for yourself. For myself, yeah. 40, 40, 44 years, I've, I've had someone live with me that, that has been dependent on me. And I don't have anybody now. 
And so what I do now is about me. How I live now is about me. I mean, my mokos and my children are there, but in my where I'm at physically right now, it's about me. It's about what I can do for myself. Hmm. And you also do some amazing baking for us every week. <laughs> Crazy. I was just thinking about the baking. <laughs> I was like, as long as you keep bringing the baking, we'll keep totalking you. <laughs> oh, some of the ladies already said, oh, we should have got weighed up before the beginning of the course. Of the end of the course. <laughs> no, for real though, for real. <laughs> but that's my, that's just my affi to use mm. as, as a whanau. I guess that, you know, that's just, I do it well. I enjoy doing it. So I do it for no other reason but to see the joy on your fellas' faces, to see mm-hmm. see you fellas happy. I, I haven't anything that I've brought, I haven't brought, eaten anything that I've brought here. And there was a few left over, so Tyler May's taking them all. <laughs> I said to her, take Tyler May. <laughs> just got caught out, Tyler yeah. May. I think she might have taken to the hui. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> in reality, into her poku. <laughs> oh, it's been wonderful hanging out with you, Barb. We, we, well, we really appreciate you coming on board and sharing your stories and talking a bit more about your life in Kura and Alfano that we're establishing at Kura. And um, yeah, really appreciate it. I know it's not easy to come out here and be vulnerable and talk about your tanifar and share things that are quite personal. So, um, mahi. Yeah, we just want to say that again, that we love you so much and we totoku you and we're just grateful to be in the same whanau as you now and to think that we've only been at Kura for five, six weeks and to think how close we are already and how close we feel to you and I'm excited to see what happens along the journey in a couple of months. Mm. We can come and call it all again and see how you're doing and I mean, it's going to be amazing. I said to uh, was it Rosa, I said, I, I, I believe that we've been handpicked, that we've been all put together for a reason. Yeah, that's, I, I had, when I was having a bit of a rough time and she um, texted me and I said, you know, that I've had all the sport and I says, I really believe that we've all been handpicked and put in the same class. For a reason, and and obviously Friday was a the greatest example for me. Why, why I particularly was put on a class with you. My faith tells me God handpicked you to be around me to love me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's the end of the episode. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Ramahi Firebar, yeah. we love you. Yeah, love Everyone you loves us. you. You <laughs> love you. me the most, though. It's all no, you good. love me the most, eh, Firebars? <laughs> oh, Kakite Fane, thank you for locking in. We'll catch you uh, next week, eh? Yep. Kakite. Kakite.